Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. I'm Ben Eshmade and on this week's edition, we return to our archive and remember and re-listen to a conversation with director Mike Lee. There is nothing not ambitious about Mike Lee's 21st film. In this, he turns his attention to the 1819 massacre in St. Petersfield, Manchester. With one of my films, you're going to find out things, you're going to discover things, be they real things or things that I've invented, which take on a new reality for you because mm. that's what it's all about. You know. Good people give here. I'm sure you've seen one of Mike Lee's films, whether that be the much-praised and referenced Abigail's Party, Vera Drake, Secrets and Lies, Happy Go Lucky, or the one that's most relevant to this film and interview, his portrayal of the British painter in Mr Turner. Peterloo, though, is the story of the 1819 massacre, where British forces attacked a peaceful pro-democracy rally in Manchester. The collection of characters we encounter include reformers, members of the government, the military, royalty, journalists and not forgetting a couple of spies. And they are portrayed by the likes of Marianne Bailey, Rory Kinnear, Maxine Peake and Tim McInerney. We must pluck the braying bellwethers from their schismatic pulpits, but we cannot incarcerate their entire godless flock. 3,000 fools stuffed into the new bailey like anchovies in a pot. No, gentlemen. The rabble must be awed into submission. Working with a regular team of collaborators behind the camera, this film is packed, densely tight, with layered drama, emotion and historic relevance. I met with the director to explore its many themes and ideas. So I wanted to start where you left off, or at least from my point of view, um, Mr Turner, another period piece. Did you go straight into Peterloo? What's the sort of history of the production? Yeah, we went literally um, as soon as uh, Mr Turner was done and I started to ponder what to do next. This idea surfaced. I have to say that it's not a project that I'd been sort of sitting on for a long time. I did... A very long time ago, read a book about it, and I remember thinking, this is a vague memory. Mm. You know, uh, why doesn't somebody make a film about this? And at that time, it would never have occurred to me that that would be me, because that was a time when I I thought I would only ever make contemporary films. Mm. Once we decided to do this, and we're obviously aware of the fact that the bicentenary is due up in 2019, almost on a daily basis we uh, started to say to each other, this is very relevant. It's really going to be 
It's going to resonate with what's happening in the world. Of course, that was up to five years ago. I mean, since then, I mean, <laughs> things have got seriously out of control. And, uh, you know, we couldn't have anticipated how much, how chaotic it would become, which it has. I didn't know this story. I don't know. I feel slightly embarrassed that I didn't. Did you see your job sometimes to sort of highlight as a, as a, a director or a writer the, the things that we don't know about or perhaps even the things we should know about? I don't particularly think about that. I mean, I mean I'm, certainly so far as Peter Lewis is concerned, there is no question that hordes and vast quantities of people grew up not knowing about it, including me, including, I mean, lots of us, mm. even from the Northwest, where it happened, really? grew up not knowing about it. I mean, it is, I mean I, you could, on the bus from where I grew up, literally in Salford, you could get to where it happened in 15 minutes, traffic permitting. <laughs> and uh, yet nobody ever said this happened here. You know, nobody ever, you know, said these streets with which you're very familiar, mm. there was once this event happened. And people generally don't know about it. Mm. I don't particularly think, oh, well, this is my job is to tell people what they don't know, yeah. except that by definition, um, if you spend a couple of hours or so in, with one of my films, you're going to find out, thing, discover things, be they real things or things that I've invented, yeah. which, which take on a new reality for you, because mm. that's what it's all about. Yeah. You go and see The Prince. Aren't they not? They are, ma'am. Prince Regent it is. Oh, aye. They're taking him this, uh, what is it, father? Petition. Aye, a petition. What'll it say, father? It's a list of demands. Oh, aye. Our rights. Hallelujah. I suppose going back to Mr Turner, or maybe sort of parallel, the idea of a painting, um, when we see the poster for the film, what's quite interesting I was thinking about is the fact that you centre in on all the individual characters and the individual stories, sort of building them up to, to, the, to the bigger picture. Yes, I mean, you see, I mean, I, I look at the world, I see the world as... If I walk up Oxford Street, which is next to where we are at this moment, I will look at... Uh, a thousand individuals. I mean, I don't just see a blob called mm. the crowd. I mean, I, the, my um, instinct and my job in making all of my films is to look at people in three dimensions and in detail and mm. with all the idiosyncrasies and strengths and weaknesses uh, that makes us all different from each other. And that's what we do in this film, mm. uh, in Peter Lou. But, of course, apart from that, in terms of, uh, of uh, just the sheer... I mean, you could make a film where you only saw the Peterloo massacre. That could be sort of interesting, but it wouldn't mean anything. Unless you know who all these people are and you know what's, what their agendas are and what motivates them and where they've come from and why these things are happening and so on and so forth, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, and so, therefore, inevitably, the film uh, had to spend a huge amount of time before you get to the final event yeah. explaining and and drawing portraits of people on all sides of the argument in a three-dimensional way. For us to connect to them, we have to sort of, I don't know, we have to see some sort of um, acts of humanity. But the one in the film where, um, just before the battle, someone gives food and bread to somebody else, for instance. Yes. Incidentally, you shouldn't refer to it as a battle, because battles are things that happen between equal factions. Okay. It's actually, it was chaos, and it, you know... Uh, it was bad, uh, something that happened because of 
bad uh, decisions being made in the wrong order and so on and so forth mm. for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I mean, you know, inevitably there is, for me, the humanity is there. You know, I've already said, you know, it's about people and the way people are and the way we are and we, with our strengths and weaknesses. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know that I uh, envisage a film that didn't look at people in the sort of, on the one level, on the one hand, warts and all, as they say. On the other hand, with sympathy, even though they may be baddies, you know, you've got to see them as yeah. as recognisable human beings. If any man is armed with so much as a stone on Monday, there will be no meeting at which I will speak. There are a large body of men signed up at Manchester. And women, and children, and it is them that I seek to protect. I am speaking at Manchester and Salford Yeomanry, sir. A large body of men are signed up and weapons have been widely distributed amongst them. And it is precisely for that reason that we must give them no provocation. There's a lovely theme as well about the idea of celebrity, um, the, the, the character of um, Henry Hunt and his white hat, I think, if I remember, if I remember rightly, um, and, and also at the end where everyone wants to speak on, on the... Uh, at the rally, actually. Rally, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah um, absolutely. I mean, you know, Hunt's a very interesting, in terms of what you're talking about, Hunt's a very interesting case in point because... He was a radical. He was. He was a wealthy man who devoted his time and uh, energies to the radical cause for, for the franchise and so on. He was committed, but he was one hell of an egocentric and self-promoter. No question about it. And he obviously, it would seem, he had, did have this very good oratorial style and this capacity to project his voice, though only to us, only... In a limited way. I mean, yeah. there is a moment in the thing where the character says, she says, will she speak up? I can't hear him. Yeah. And of course, that's the thing we forget uh, with modern technology. Of course, you know, it's like um, Lincoln's speech at Gettysburg. You know, mm. you have images of him addressing thousands of people. Only about 100 of them would have heard what he actually said <laughs> because of, it wouldn't be able to project any further than a certain distance. So, you know, and that, it's in that spirit that the film is made. It's looking at people with all our idiosyncrasies, mm. and, and that makes it real. You spoke about earlier about the idea of chaos within what happens at the, um, at, the, at the climax of the film. It's also interesting in the sense that, yeah, going back to Henry Hunt, he, he tells them not to bring weapons and not to do that. And you kind of go, should they have brought weapons? Should they have been able to defend themselves? Well, you can choose to have that debate. I mean, it was extremely healthy that... The, a huge number of people turned out not only not bearing arms mm. but actually in their Sunday best and uh, with an intention to have a good day out to express a healthy and honestly felt set of aspirations and, and, and needs. And again, it, be, it turned into the bloodbath that it did because of the paranoia mm. and the neurotic behaviour uh, in the first place of the local magistrates. I mean, even the directive from the Home Office was don't do anything unless Hunt's speech provokes yeah. violence, which, on the whole, it's pretty clear it wasn't going to, no. you know. And there are other aspects of it, too. I mean, one of the interesting, ridiculous aspects of the whole proceedings is that they'd installed this very experienced General, General Bing, um, yes. to be in charge of the northern section of the half of the country, precisely because of seditious activity. And when it comes to this massive event, he had a horse running at York and saw fit 
to hand over to a number two and to go to the races, which you see in the film. The general, general received wisdom about mm. uh, Peterloo is it wouldn't have happened if he'd been there. Mm. There wouldn't have been a mess and it wouldn't have been chaos and it wouldn't have been the Peterloo massacre and it may well be that we never, we'd never have known about it at all, really. We must allow Hunt to speak so that he be seen to be inciting a gullible mass of people to riot. Then we may act with promptitude and vigour. We must read the Riot Act and we must do so immediately. Prepare ourselves legally to clear the field. I have the Riot Act here and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. But sort of having watched your film, there seems to be too many moving parts that this was kind of all heading towards that. I think you're right. I mean, historically, I think you're right. I mean, you know, it's chaos. And of course, even when it's happened, and this is a, I mean, this is a dramatisation of, of exactly what took place, that, that the Prince Regent at the end says, please could commend the local magistrates uh, on having kept the peace and preserved the the public order. He did write that letter. That letter was written uh, uh, for real, you know, and, and um, you know, they were brushing it under the carpet at the same time as then, which is not in the film, um, introducing six acts of parliament, all of which were designed to repress freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of, you know, activity, freedom mm. of, of um, assembly and all the rest of it. We, we mentioned in passing at the beginning, sort of moving away from the film slightly. Um, obviously, I grew up with um, all these incredible films that you, that you made. We're, we're in a time where I don't think many people understand what's going on in the world. We we have time to focus some other films that maybe address where we're at. Well, uh, a I only make one film at a time, so I don't think about some other films. Uh, B I'm 75, so I will make a film. We're going to make a film in a couple of years, and. Um, can't say anything about that because it's no. just brewing at the moment yeah. but if the question is do I think it possible that I would want to attend to things that are going on in the world well I think I always do actually yeah. and certainly I can't imagine that I will stop doing so <laughs> and I suppose a follow-on question to that is um just 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 thanking you really I mean I was I grew up like a lot of people with your films you, you always looking forward or do you get a chance to look back are you, are you proud of what you've done I I think first of all I regard myself as being extremely lucky because not only have I made 21 films, but they were not one of them was interfered with by anybody. They were all made with no uh, outside pressure from anybody else to formal content or casting or anything else, which is fantastic. So I was completely, I've been completely free to explore ideas and work with very good people to make these films. Therefore, that being the case, I have a, quite a positive and healthy relationship with my films. I actually watch them sometimes. And I don't watch, sit watching them every night like Gloria Swanson in Sunset <laughs> Boulevard, but I do actually, I, I can watch my films. Now, I know filmmakers who say, I, I can't watch, I can't watch that. I, there's no way I can. And generally speaking, it's, it's usually because they didn't really cast who they wanted to and they had to recut it because the producers insisted that they recut it and the soundtrack was changed and all that stuff. And I have never had that, those sort of problems. Therefore, I can love my films. Also, I mean, you know, if you, if you can't like your own film, why the hell should you expect anybody else to like it, really? You know, I, I've got a positive and... Uh, so, yes, I am, I am proud of them, but then, you know, you have to remember the, the most important fact of all, if we're talking about 
filmmaking is that we directors do not make films by ourselves in the way that people write novels and po write poems and paint pictures in studios and so forth. I mean, it's a collaborative, it's teamwork. And I've worked, been privileged to work with some really fantastic people on both sides of the camera, you know. Mm. Uh, so those are the important aspects of it too. So there's a community of us that like what we did and enjoyed doing it and are proud of work. And above all, and this is the only thing that matters, when someone like you says, you know, I grew up with your films and I basically you're saying you love them and all that. That's what it's all about. And that's, that's where we get, that's where I get the, um, that's where I get my money back. Now is the time for action. Now! The corrupt order will come crashing down! Thanks to Mike Lee for speaking to me. Peterloo is a gritty, real and sorrowful film from this never short of excellent British director. I'm Ben Eshmade. Thanks for listening to this archive edition of Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. It's here to inspire more people to discover and love the arts with weekly episodes of archive finds and theme series. Subscribe to Nothing Concrete on ACAST, Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you can, leave us a review to help us get the word out. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.